Hi, this is Corey Turner. And along with my wife, Simone, we are the senior pastors of Numa Church. I wanted to thank you for listening to our podcast today. You're about to hear a message from one of our team that we pray builds your faith and empowers you to follow Jesus more closely. Enjoy the message. If you have a Bible, let's turn to the book of John. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Chapter 7. Oh, man, can I tell you, my skin is barely keeping me in. I, I feel like my skeleton could leap out and do a lap around this place. John chapter 7, verse 37, and it says this, On the last day, somebody say the last day. On the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If any man or if anyone, in the original King James, if any man thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart or out of his belly will flow rivers. Somebody say rivers. Rivers of living water. But this he spoke concerning the Spirit whom those believing in him would receive. Let me just say this. If you are a believer in Jesus, there is still more to receive, and that's the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And he says this, those believing in him would receive for the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. Jesus died on Calvary. He rose again. And the Bible says that he uh, just spent a few days on the planet just appearing to people and giving undeniable truths that he was resurrected. He walked through walls. There was still miracles that happened. But the Bible says he breathed on his disciples. He said, receive ye the Holy Ghost. And he breathed on them and he said, he said to them a bit later on, he said, go and wait in Jerusalem until you're in Jude or filled with power from on high. So they went to an upper room. People believe it was in the home of Mary, the mother of John Mark. And, and they're gathered. There's 120 of them. I don't know exactly what they were doing, but they were waiting. I imagine waiting, just sitting there waiting in faith, in anticipation, believing God. And they're in an upper room. And the Bible says that when the day of Pentecost had fully come, and how many, how many, how many know that Pentecost is not just something uh, for, for, for Bible days, it's for right now. And the Bible says when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they're all with one accord. This is Acts 2. They're all with one accord. And that's not a Honda. They're all in unity. They're all in one accord in one place. That's a lame joke. And I apologize in advance for any more that may pour forth. I've got to start that again because I can only remember it off the top of my head if I do it continually. And I interrupt myself. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, hey, just while we're on the topic, has your day of Pentecost fully come? Have you been filled with power from on high? When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they're all with one accord in one place and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind filled the whole house where they were sitting there appeared under them cloven tongues like as a fire one sat upon each of them every person had a flame on their head this move of God isn't for one and not the other it's for every person that would say God I want your fire he said one sat upon each of them and they were all filled somebody say all filled they're all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. They began to speak in tongues. I love, I love the use of the word begin because I believe when you get baptized in the Holy Spirit, tongues is not the goal. Tongues is the gateway. 
We, we haven't arrived when we speak in tongues. We've just begun. We, we, we haven't got to some spiritual place of superiority. No, we've just entered into the realm of the, of the Spirit of God. And it's the beginning. So when you and I get baptized in the Holy Ghost, you and I enter into a supernatural experience with God where we can pray in the Spirit, we can touch heaven. And, and Jesus was prophesying this. So he gets... He's at the Feast of Tabernacles, and, and uh, it, it's a hoo-ha, the Feast of Tabernacles. Of all the feasts, the Feast of Tabernacles, that was like Christmas, Easter, Pentecost Sunday, Royal Show Day, Moomba. Do you still have Moomba? Yeah, Moomba Shunda, that's what you call on Pentecost Sunday. They, they had Moomba. By the way, that clock has just, it's increasing in time. It's a blessing. I'm, I'm impressed. Thank you very much. Someone back there has discernment. They understand what the will of the Lord is. And, and, and so, and so they, they, this is like your birthday party. It's your 21st, your 40th, your engagement party. It's all of them in one big feast. And they're all gathered in the city of Jerusalem for this feast. And, uh, and so the priest would walk over the pool of Siloam with a gold pitcher of water. He'd get the water and he'd walk into the holy place and he'd pour the water on the altar. And then he'd, he'd cry out, he'd say, with, with, with joy, we draw from the wells of salvation. And all of Israel would cheer and celebrate. But they would celebrate uh, the Passover, what God had done. They'd celebrate a river that was. And then what they would do is they would also celebrate the Messiah, the river, the person of God, but, but they would celebrate a river that was to come and they didn't realize that standing in that moment was the river in the person of Jesus. And, and so Jesus is standing there and he interrupts, he says, hey, he says, ho. I think he got confused between the Feast of Tabernacles and Christmas. He, said, he says, a little joke. Uh, he says, hey. He says, if any man thirsts, he says, oh man, I feel this in my bones. He says, let him come to me and drink. And, and, and I, I want to tell you, if you would come to Jesus and drink, there's a promise. He says, out of your innermost being will flow rivers of living water. Can I, can I be old school? I want to preach on rivers for just a few minutes. I'm old school. I grew up and, and, and uh, in church, we, we would say, we're going we're to get in the river. And everyone was talking about the river. The river was cool. And then it stopped being cool. But I never got the memo. I, I just stayed in that thing. And now it's popular again. We're all in the river again. We're, we're all Pentecostal again. I mean, you guys stayed with us as well. But you know, this river, when you hear the word river in Scripture, Pastor Phil, if my doctrine's off, I'd just appreciate it if you'd support me anyway. <laughs> but when you look through Scripture and you read about the river, most oftentimes the river is talking about the Holy Ghost. The Bible says in Psalm 46 and verse 4, I love this, he says, There is a river. The streams whereof make glad the city of God. Can I just stop for one minute and just say this? It doesn't say there. My entire life just flashed before my eyes. And I feel like I was just starting to wax eloquent. I was just finding my flow and I nearly died. You know, first time a preacher, I fell down the stairs here. It's very powerful. Many people were delivered and set free. It doesn't say past tense there was a river. 
and it doesn't say there will be a river. They're gathered at the Feast of Tabernacles celebrating a river that was and a river that was to come. But let me tell you, there's a river right now. The Bible says there is a river. God is ever present. There is a river. The streams whereof will make glad the city of Melbourne. It'll make glad the city of Adelaide. The best thing that can happen for this city is for the church of Jesus Christ to rise in the power of the Holy Spirit. And let me tell you what that river's like. The Bible says in Revelation chapter 22, oh, John, the revelator, he gets this on the Isle of Patmos. John was awesome, by the way. When he got the book of Revelation, he gets up and says, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's Day. That's a good way to come to church. Oh, on the Lord's Day, I want to be in the Spirit. I don't want to be in the flesh. I don't want to be religious. I don't want to be bound up. I want to walk in in victory, full of life and full of faith. He says, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's Day. The Bible says he fell to the ground like a dead man. He, old school, under the power of the Holy Ghost. Do we still believe in that, Pastor Corey? A little, you know, well, here's the thing. It's common sense. When there's a fire, you've got to stop, drop, and roll. That's what I learned in school. And... Uh, <laughs> I, I'm telling you right now, I'm struggling to hold myself together. I'm just a little bit excited about this Pentecost Sunday at Temple. I mean, C.L. Greenwood's up in heaven clapping tonight, Pastor Phil. So's A.C. Valdez. Uh, who else can I think of from back in the day? So, so's Jack Allsop. He's doing prayer requests. Anyway, three of you know what I'm talking about. And, and those three didn't find it funny. There was a river. There will be a river, but there is a river. And John says, he showed me a river, pure as crystal. And he says, it's a river. And he says, of the water of life. What's in the river? It's living water. It's the same water that Jesus said to that woman at the well. Hey, you can drink water from this well, you'll thirst again. But if you drink of me, you'll never thirst again. We will be most satisfied when our satisfaction is in him. And, and I want to encourage you, drink from the river. Jesus says, Jesus says, if, if, if any man thirsts, let him come. And, 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 but the scripture just before I open this up, the Bible says it was on the last day. The last day of the feast. I, I don't want to take a right-hand turn and get into eschatology, but I believe there's something about the last day outpouring of the Holy Spirit. I don't know about you, but if, you, if I'd got up here, say December 2019, if I had been invited to speak, I offered, oh, no one got back to me. <laughs> I, sent a, I sent a fax. <laughs> if I'd got up here in December 2019 and said, oh, it's going to be an interesting year. Uh, there's going to be a thing. We're going to be locked down for uh, nine months and we're going to wear masks. We're not going to be able to go to church. I mean, if I'd got up and said, we're going to have to socially distance, if, I, if I'd got up and said, yeah, we're not, we're not going to be able to fly overseas, we're not going to even be able to fly in the state. If I, was, if I got up and said Melbourne would become, never, I'm not going to make jokes. Uh, <laughs> but if I had got up and said Melbourne would be locked down for nine months, and if you even go, went to Werribee, it would be illegal. <laughs> Probably should be illegal now. But if you, that's a joke. I love Werribee. I love, went to school in Werribee for six months. I went to Heathdale. I now call it Heathendale. <laughs> Stay with me. You're being naughty tonight. I can sense it and I don't like it at all. So, if I'd got up and said those things, you would have said, Corey would have called me after, Dave, I love you, but you cooked. <laughs> but it happened. It happened. I mean, I had my in-laws over for dinner 
And someone reported me. They reported us. It's actually me. I wanted to get rid of them, but ha, it's a little joke. It's trying to... No, no, I love them. They're good. I keep a photo of my... Never mind, never mind. I'll stop. But if I told you that we wouldn't even be able to fly, it was, it was a year last year, wasn't it? Pretty crap. But if I told you, you would have said I lost the plot. I believe the stage is being set for the return of Jesus. I think any moment, I don't know what you believe, but I believe Thessalonians, the Bible says the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout. There'll be the trump, there'll be a shout, there'll be a voice of the archangel, and we'll be here. The Bible says the dead in Christ shall rise, and we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with him in the clouds, and thus we shall always be with the Lord. I don't know about you, but I, I do believe the stage is set for the coming of Jesus, and I believe the greatest move of God we've ever seen is right upon us, a last day visitation. Here's the thing. 800 years before Jesus, Joel prophesied in the last days, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. The Holy Spirit falls at Pentecost. Peter gets up. He says, in the last, this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. I love it. This is that. Uh, this that you now see, the move of God. It's that which was prophesied. Some of us need some that in our this. We, we, need, we need some that in our, we got, what's going on in your life? I've got this back problem. You need some that in this. I've got that de this depression. You need some that in this. I mean, I've got this disappointment. Anyway, you know what I'm trying to say. You get the gist. If I told you that was going to, you'd say it's crazy. But then Joel prophesies in the last days, 2,000 years ago, Peter gets up and says, this is the fulfillment in the last days. If 2,000 years ago was the last days, we're in the last seconds. I heard a guy playing the tuba the other day and I was repenting. I, just in case. The word Trump in the original language is tuba. So Jesus, he, the last day of the feast, and then he says, if any man thirsts, I love this, Jesus in two verses gives a promise and a five-point sermon right there. And he says, hey, I want you to experience the river of God, that river from heaven that flows, that'll touch your heart and touch your life. And you'll know that greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. There is a river, the streams whereof make glad the city of God. Ezekiel says where that river goes, everything it touches lives. When the spirit of God touches you, you come alive in the name of Jesus. And Jesus preaches, he, said, he, he, he says, if any man thirsts, he interrupts the feast. If any man thirsts, he gives us a five-point sermon. He says, let him come unto me and drink. The first thing he says, if any man thirsts, he shows us a key right there. How to experience the river of God. He says, if any man thirsts. Can I tell you, thirst is a funny thing because you can thirst and then you can drink things that don't satisfy your thirst. I mean, if, I, if, if I'm thirsty right now and I drink that, that, that that's going to quench my thirst. If I drink a Diet Coke, it, it, it will feel like it does for but a moment, but after a while, I'll be more thirsty than I was. I'll be more in need of a, a drink than I was before. And Jesus said, if any man thirsts, we as a church, we need to uh, know what it is to hone our thirst. The Bible says in Psalm 42 verse 1, as the deer pants, or if you're a King Jimmy reader, as the deer panteth. 
As the deer pantiful, the waters so my soul longs after thee. Finally, some anointing in the worship tonight. <laughs> As a joke, it was a joke, it was very good. You alone are my heart's desire. See, that's beautiful. Very nice over there. You alone are my strength. Someone's got some pipes over there. I can hear it. That's enough. We need to direct our thirst to him. David said, oh God, at least it was a psalmist. He says, oh God, you are my God. Early will I seek thee. I don't know about you, but I feel like it's so easy to satisfy, try to satisfy our thirst on things that actually make us more thirsty rather than taking time to develop a taste for the river of his pleasure, the river of his anointing. He says, if any man thirsts, then he gives a second point. He says, let him come. Number two, thirst. Number two, yield. Yield. Can I walk down here and talk to you for a minute? I feel so distant. I know. So, some would say you, you have the agility of a mountain goat. That's it. <laughs> Stay in the light for, for the online audience. I got my teeth done. Televangelist teeth. He, said, he, said, he says, let him come. Can, can, can I encourage you? We've got to come. We've got to yield. Now, let, let's talk about yield for a minute. It's, it's one of those church words that we've all heard it said, you've got to yield to the Holy Ghost. And we're like, yes, we do. I don't really know what it means, but we're yielding. Mm, I think I'm yielding. Mm, I don't know. I don't, that's not, here's the thing. The word, the word yield. Let, let me just move away from that for a second and show you something. I remember I got my license. Uh, to drive my car, and, and uh, I had a VL Commodore back in 1997, I was 16 and a half. All you Victorians were jealous of us teenagers because you couldn't get your P's to 19. We had them at 16 and a half. And, and so I, got, I remember I, I thought, which company do I go to to get my license? And I looked in the paper, all pass. I thought, that'll do. So I thought, the, I failed my first driving test, but then, but then I, I got it the second time and I'm driving my car right up McIntyre Road uh, in Modbury. And so I'm driving the car, you know where that is, Pastor Rob. And, and I'm driving my car, and uh, well, his car, and he says to me, he says, you know what a giveaway sign is? I said, well, I think so. You sort of have a rough idea. He says, what a giveaway sign is, is that it's not like a stop sign. You don't stop. You, you judge the flow of traffic and, and you've got to make a choice. Can I speed up and get into that flow of traffic at their rate? He goes, if you go slow, you're going to block that flow of traffic. So that's when you stop. So the bottom line of a giveaway sign is you've got to get into that flow. And if that flow is moving, you've got to move with that flow. So I thought, okay, I've got to get in that flow. And he says, don't interrupt that flow of traffic. Then I go to a, a meeting in America and Pastor Rodney Howard Brown's preaching. The last time I was here, he was here. That was a service. That was a absolute hoot. I love that. And, and uh, I got so touched by God. I was sitting about where you are, Jack, and uh, God touched my life. And, and it was awesome. But, but, but anyway, I go to America and he gets up and he's preaching. You've got to yield. To the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. He goes, you got to yield. Yield. 
And I was like, I know what it means. I'll tell you why, because in America, they don't have a give way sign. They have a yield sign. So I was like, ah, ha, 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 revelation. I, I knew it, it's, not, it's not yield, it's give way. So in my head, he's saying yield. In my mind, I'm like, I've got to give way. There's a flow. I've got to step into his flow. You know, it's not our job to block the flow of the Spirit of God. We've got to submit to the flow of the Spirit of God. There's a, there's a flow in the room. And if you dare to believe God, you can step into it. Let me, let me show you something. Stephen's preaching. He's about to get stoned. Let me clarify what I mean by that. Uh, not by his own choosing, uh, by, by the choosing of other people. They were stoning him. He himself was not getting So you know. So Stephen's about to get killed. So he starts preaching. And in Acts 7, I think it's verse 51 or 54, he says, uh, you, you guys are stiff-necked, uncircumcised in your heart. And he says, you always resist the Holy Ghost. So you look up the word resist. It's anti-pipto. Now, I, I, I can tell you, I'm not a Greek scholar, but I can tell you what anti means, the opposite of, the opposite of pipto. So I looked up pipto. And it literally means to, to alight, which means to step down into. I love the idea that there's a river flowing. And when I resist, I don't do that. But when I pipto, when I, when, when I don't resist, I actually step down into the flow of the Spirit of God. The other meaning is to fall. I, I, lo I love the idea that you can either step in, fall, and just jump in that river, whatever it takes. And guess what? Tonight, it could get wild. You might just get pushed in tonight. You never know. But let me, let me say this. Uh, the opposite of resist is to yield. You know, the Bible says when Jesus was baptized that the windows of heaven opened, you know, they've never been closed. They've been open ever since. Nothing in heaven's changed. Nothing in heaven's closed up. We're not praying to brass. We're praying to streets of gold. We're praying, we're praying to the wonder of heaven. We're praying to God in the throne room as we, as we pray. Our prayers are like a fragrance into the throne room of God. Heaven is open. It's been open since Jesus was on this earth. It hasn't closed. The only thing that's closed is us. You know, we don't so much in church life, and, and, and I'm, I'm not trying to poke the bear. I just, I'll say one slightly outspoken thing, but I feel like the body of Christ in many ways, we've pulled away from the move of the Spirit. We haven't denied the Holy Spirit, we've just ignored Him. In the Old Testament, they rejected God the Father. In the New Testament, they rejected God the Son. I don't want to be the group of people that reject the Holy Spirit. I want His power. I want His anointing. I want to be yielded. How do we yield to the Holy Spirit? We turn our receiver on. We shift our dish to the all things are possible network. We say, God, would you come? I'm hungry. I give you permission. I think I've walked into that about 15 times. I give you permission to do whatever it is you want to do. Church tonight, are you hungry? Are you expectant? Do you know you could leave? Thank you, brother. I appreciate that. You can leave this place different to the way you came. So often we walk into church one way, we walk out the same. You know, you can walk in, not just walk into the building, take another step of faith and walk into the river of God and say, Father, I'm hungry. I'm expectant. I'm believing God. I was preaching at Christ for the Nations in Dallas, Texas. And this girl by the name of Deidre, I've probably told this story before, but it's good, so I want to do it twice. This girl called Deidre tweets me on Twitter. Do you still get on Twitter? I'm on Twitter occasionally just to see what's going on. And so I get on Twitter and, uh, and I open it up just before the night service. And this girl, Deirdre, tweets me at, at David Hall 1981. And she says, 
He's, that's not a, can I say, that's not a shameless plug. There's only two of you on Twitter, and I think we follow each other already. And uh, it's me and Dave Ratcliffe. We're strong. We're, we're all over that. Do you know, I'm going to go back up here. I, I, I keep cuddling the uh, speakers with my posterior. So, so, she tweets, tonight I'm going to hear at David Hall... He's going to lay hands on me. And she says, I'm going to be slain in the spirit. Slain. We've, we've sanitized it all so much. Now we say they fell out under the power of God. Back in the old days, slain in the spirit. How it's just many slain. Doesn't mean dead, by the way. You live through it. You get up. <laughs> she says, I'm going to be slain in the spirit. So I preach this sermon, you know, and I finish this service. I step off the platform. There's like two people. Call them forward. I say, let me pray for you. The power of God. I pray for both of them. They hit the floor under the power of God. And it was just like, it was the spirit of God. It was, I can't explain it. I just, I just went like this. And there's like 1,500 people at this thing. I said, there's a, that girl in the dress, in the back, in the brown dress, just come. So she comes forward. I said, come up on the platform. She comes up. I said, lift your hands to heaven. I said, what's your name? She says, Deirdre. This is in Texas. She says, Deirdre. I'm like, no, it's a common name. I said, are you the Deirdre from Twitter? She's like, yeah. yeah. So, so, yeah. So I said, so you tweeted that you're going to be slain in the spirit. Can I tell you, let, let's just have a quick talk. Slain in the spirit. Let's, let's give it some modern language. It's falling under the power of the Holy Ghost. Is it weird? A little. Uh, but, but can I say, there's a lot of things we do that are weird. We, 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 we lift our hands. We live holy. We love Jesus. We're in this world. We're not of it. We're a peculiar people, a holy nation, a royal priesthood. Is it unusual? Yes, it is. But I've had encounters with God where He's knocked me off my feet. I got up and things shift and things change by the Spirit of God. And, and so, hey, it's biblical. I can prove it. Psalm 23, He makes me lie down. Uh, that, my friends, is a strong hermeneutic. <laughs> the priests couldn't stand a minister because of the glory of God. I mean, they saw angels at the tomb and they, of Jesus. They fell under the power of God. Daniel fell to the ground as a dead man. John on the Isle of Patmos fell as a dead man. 650 Roman soldiers walked up to Jesus, said, are you the Christ? He said, I am. And every one of them fell under the power of God. Old school, but we still believe in that stuff. We, we still believe in the move of the Spirit of God. We still believe in the power. I know, I'm yelling, I'm just so excited. Pentecost Sunday. Hashtag hallelujah. So she says, I'm going to fall down. So she comes up. And, and when, she, when I realized it was her, I was so blessed. I said, did you write that tweet? She said, yeah. I said, lift your hands to Jesus. Father, let it be according to her faith. The power of God touched her. You know something? So many people came to that room, but one person came in faith. One person came yielded, saying, God, would you touch me? I believe God wants to touch. You might be in the very back row. You might be in the nosebleed section, a.k.a. the rapture section. The trumpet God's gonna sound that bloke up the back. He'll get a two-minute head start. Oh, I got, I got, I got, you know, in Revelation chapter three, verse 20, Jesus is talking to the church at Laodicea, lukewarm church. He says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. He said, if any man hears my voice and opens the door, I'll come in. Stand at the door of your heart and knock. 
You know, we use that during the salvation call. But do you know that he wasn't even talking to unbelievers, he was talking to the church. He's knocking. He's just waiting for you to come in. Fill me. When's the last time God touched you? When's the last time he filled you? I took my glasses off for effect and now I can't see anything. So I will place them (laughs) back on. We've got to take the limitations off God and believe God. He says, if any man thirst, let him come unto me. Number three, he says, and drink. Drink. Somebody say drink. Right now, there is water. Cool Ridge. Bougie. <laughs> I'm a little bit thirsty right now, a little parched from the, pre- from the proclamations, the oracles that are being poured forth, and and I'm not going to lie to you, I'm a little thirsty. I'm so close to this water, it's right here. I'm yielded, I've got it in my hand, I'm ready, but until I, you're drinking as well, I can see you. She thought she'd just take a minute and have a drink herself, I saw that. (laughs) It can be right here, do you know so often I think we come to church, the water's right there. It's right there, why don't you just lift your hand? Get it into you. You know, dehydration's a real thing. Most of us are all dehydrated, I read, in a Reader's Digest. <laughs> when you're dehydrated, Pastor Corey, scientists will tell us that you are disorientated, that you are restless, irritable, apathetic, and that you have dry eyes. Sounds a little bit like that in the spirit. So many Christians are so dehydrated. They're disoriented. They don't know where they go. They're restless. I've got to leave this church. It's not working. I've got to leave that church. They divorced 17 churches. The problem's not the church. You need a drink. You just need a drink. You just... I'm going to take this opportunity and have one myself. Irritable. There's nothing worse than irritable Christians. Ah, the music's too loud. (laughs) Yes, and every time you complain, we just turn it up. (laughs) I swear, it's getting louder. We're turning it up. Irritable. Even their tongues are grumpy. Those people, they'll ruin a perfectly good prayer meeting. Everything, oh God, we praise you, God, we worship you. You get up, oh God, I'm miserable. <laughs> De- I had a demon biting my leg last Tuesday. And can, can I tell you, 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 I've never met a Holy Ghost filled drinker of the new wine of heaven. They're a lot of things, but they're not miserable. You, some of the craziest Christians you know, they're a lot of things, but they're not irritable. They're not grumpy. They know exactly where they want to be. They want to be under the spout where the glory comes out. Yes. Apathetic. Dehydrated Christians that need a drink, we're apathetic. Apathy is something that rises in people that aren't full of the Spirit of God. And, and, then, and then dry eyes. You know, something, when you're full of God, you grieve with what he grieves with, you rejoice with what, you rejoice with, if you've got dry eyes, the first thing to go, your vision's blurred. 
You get the Holy Spirit, you start to see with clarity and go, let me tell you, the river's not just about enjoying the presence of God, though we do. The river's also about direction. The river, the river goes somewhere. You jump in the river, God will take you where he wants you to go. The river's always flowing. It's always moving. The Spirit of God is always, let him come unto me and drink. And he says, he who believes. What do you believe about the Spirit of God? You know, I've got a theology of the Spirit of God, Pastor Phil. I believe this. And if, if, feel free to interject at any time if you think I'm incorrect. But Pastor Phil, first thing I believe is anybody who calls on the name of the Lord in faith shall be saved. Yes. So, so one, one third good. The second, I believe that everyone who is saved can and should be baptized in the Holy Ghost. Yes. And of those who are baptized in the Holy Ghost, I believe they can and will speak in other tongues as the Spirit gives them the utterance. So you say, what do you believe about the Holy Ghost? I believe that Jesus is a resurrected Son of God. I believe He's seated at the right hand of God in heaven. And He said, I'm not going to leave you comfortless. I'm going to send my Spirit. He'll be like a, a paracletos. He'll be one who comes alongside and help. And Jesus said, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You'll be a witness to me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. And when they are filled with the Holy Spirit... The Bible says they spoke in tongues and they spoke in tongues. Boom, what was on 12 people got on 120 people, got on 3,000 people and he's shaking the world for the glory of God. Do you know why? I drink of the Holy Spirit because when I read this Bible, it's so clear to me that what Jesus poured out on Pentecost is available right now. What do you believe? See, belief, that's where faith is. It's a faith dimension. A lot of people believe in God. But do you believe God? You know, I believe in Jesus, but I, I, I'm at a place in my ministry, in my life, in my walk with God. I can't just get away with just believing God. I believe God. I'm going to live by faith. See, faith. Oh, man, I feel this in my bones. Faith places no limitations on God, and God places no limitations on faith. Let me say that again. Faith places no limitations on God and God places no limitations on faith. Can I tell you, when you start to believe right, when you get right believing, you'll believe that the Spirit of God, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is in us and available to us right now. Can you just take five seconds, clap your hands and give God praise if you believe it. Now I'm done. Hallelujah. Oh, man. Bless. And then Jesus says, he who believes, as the scripture said, he says, out of his belly. Oh, man. Can I say, what I'm saying right now, this is what God called me to preach. When I was 14 years of age, I got filled with the Holy Ghost. God told me to preach this. I don't have another sermon. This is all I have. I just repackage it. In fact, these days, I don't even have to give new scriptures. I've been preaching the same one for the last 10 years when I've come to this. He, said, he, says, he says, he who believes as the scripture has said, he says, out of his belly will flow rivers. Somebody say rivers. There's a little clue there, plurality. There is a river. Once it touches you, many rivers flow out of you. One of the rivers is the language of heaven. One of the rivers is joy. One of the rivers is miracles. One of the rivers is a word of knowledge. One of the rivers is come out of him in Jesus' name. One of the rivers is peace. One of the rivers is shalom. One of the rivers is provision. One of the rivers is 
Favor. One of the rivers is the gift of faith, the working of miracles, the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, diverse kind of tongues. You, you jump in the river and partake of heaven. But what flows out of you, it's not just one thing. There are so many rivers that God wants to release in your life. My question to us at Numa Church on Pentecost Sunday, would you drink? Would you drink from the river of God? We need a minstrel. We need a keyboard player. I might have to play myself. There's a town. There's a town in Mississippi called Rodney. It was a happening town. This is my closing story. So the two of you taking notes can put your Samsungs away. Oh man, I just can I just take a minute and just I'm just enjoying Jesus. Just lift your hands. If I don't tell the story, it doesn't matter. That's drink of heaven. Have it, have it. It's happy hour at Numa Church. Be filled with the Holy Ghost. Anyway, this town called Rodney, Pastor Corey. It was on the it was on the Mississippi River. It was in, by 1850, had a thousand people. Had a hotel. Had a ballroom. Had two banks, a newspaper. I think they had two schools, a hospital. It was the it was going to be the capital of Mississippi, the state Mississippi. It was the biggest port town between St. Louis and New Orleans. I mean, it endured civil war. It endured, really, I can only remember the civil war as being the problem they endured. I think they had a fire or something. They had flooding. They had problems. So, so this, this town, it was booming. They had a newspaper, a newspaper. And guess what? One day... This town grown to 4,000. That was a big town in those days, the late 1800s. And then a sandbar develops in the Mississippi and causes the river to divert its course gradually. Over a couple of years, the river moved its course and now the river's two miles away. All of the commerce and the prosperity that the river brought began to dry up because the river had moved and the town was no longer connected to the river. Now you can drive to Rodney, Mississippi. There's one road in, one road out. There's no train stop. There's two or three people that live there and it's now a tourist trap because it's a ghost town because everybody left. Because when the river dried up, provision dried up. Prosperity dried up. Supply dried up. And can I say, how often do we get stuck in our walk with God? The river just starts to move. One day you wake up, you go, where's the blessing? Where's the anointing? I, I don't know about you, but I need the Holy Ghost. I, I need, I need the, I'm not ashamed to tell you that if I didn't have the touch of God, I, I'd lose my mind. The greatest cure, and I, I admit, that the, I, I, sorry, I admit that's not the word I'm looking for. I acknowledge that, that we have uh, natural problems and, and they're physiological, but so much of the stuff that is going on in people's minds, I tell you, one touch of the river can change things. I mean, some people go, well, I, I'm going to counselling and I'm all for that. But can I tell you, there's someone called the Wonderful Counsellor. And, and he, he can, in a moment of time, in one church service, you can have an encounter with God and never be the same again. And you know, tonight I'm believing God. Maybe, maybe you've moved. I, I walked in here. I, when you walk into a charged Holy Ghost meeting, you almost wonder about your whole message. They even need it. But I feel like tonight, even if we take this and run with it and say, God, I need it. Get me closer to the to the river of heaven in the name of Jesus. I, I don't know about you. I'm a river guy. 
Oh, there is a river that flows from God above. There is a fountain that's filled with God's great love. Come to the water. There is a vast supply. There is a river. Thank you for joining us for this message today. We don't assume that every person listening has a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And so today, we invite you to begin following Jesus as your Lord and Saviour. The Bible teaches that every one of us has been created for a relationship with God. Sin has separated us from that relationship, but God loved us so much that He gave us His one and only Son, Jesus Christ. Jesus lived, died and rose again, conquering sin, Satan and death itself. If we believe in our hearts that God has raised Jesus from the dead and we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, we will be saved. So if you are ready to pray in faith, turning away from your sin and believing in Jesus for your salvation, please pray this prayer. Dear Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God and I ask you to forgive me and cleanse my heart from all of my sin. I receive by faith the free gift of eternal life and I ask that you would fill me with the Holy Spirit. I thank you that I am born again as a child of God and that you have made me a new creation in Christ Jesus. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you have prayed that prayer for the first time, we would love to know and help connect you to a local church in your area. You can contact us on our website, numa.church. Thank you for listening.